You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica. Episode one. Hey, I'm Beth, and I'm so excited to be bringing this podcast out to you and to the world. So Jessica and I have actually been having fabulous conversations for the past nine years about food and health and weight and all of the wild spectrums and viewpoints we see here and experience with our clients on a daily basis. We used to joke on our walks that we should record our conversations because they were just so great. We just always had a great time talking about them and wanting to wish we could share with everyone. So now here we are sharing all of our conversations with you. Welcome to our first podcast episode. It's so real. We're doing it. But before we get started, Beth, why don't you just share a little bit about you real quick? Okay. I am a little bit multifaceted because I will never stop learning, but primarily I am an integrative dietitian, meaning that mix my traditional dietetics training and knowledge with functional medicine. And then I have started to include internal family systems therapy, which is a non-pathologizing healing modality. And I'm also currently training in craniosacral therapy so that way I can do a full mind-body approach. That is one of the things I love so much about you is that you are always learning. And I think our clients really appreciate that. And I know all your friends appreciate it. So yes, Beth is always learning. And I've been just so lucky to know you and work with you for as long as I'm assuming it. Yes. At some point, I probably should stop <laughs> just to like allow a lot of things to just really sink in and also to help my bank account for all these trainings that I do. But it is inspiring. I think I've accumulated more knowledge just being near you. Yes. I actually don't know what I would do if I wasn't learning something, actually. So I'll just call it that. Jessica, tell us about you. I am a certified life and health coach, and I actually started in cooking. I was a chef, and that's where you and I met, lived in culinary school. And over the years of our practice, I learned that making valuable change was really less and less about the food and more about how we think about the food and how we think about ourselves and value our minds and our bodies that makes the biggest impact. So life coaching has just helped me personally a ton, and I have grown to love coaching others. and that's really where my focus is now is the coaching piece. Yes, which is how we actually started working together, right? Is that I had gone on my own for a little bit and I was like, just help. <laughs> you know, just kind of making the nuts and bolts of some things I was doing with clients. And then ultimately that was what you were, was the coach part of our practice. Yeah, but originally it was to grow. Yeah, it was so food focused. I remember I was making meal plans, specifically telling people, here's what you're eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. because that's what everybody told us that they needed and wanted. But as I was creating these plans and putting so much effort and energy into them, I also noticed that nobody was doing that. <laughs> yes. And, it was, and it's like, it's not, you know, it wasn't their fault, right? So I think that was so eye-opening was like, it's not about the food. It's about like, why aren't we following these plans? What do we really need to make significant change? Yeah. Just a little side note. We actually don't give anybody food plans anymore. 
<laughs> because no one follows them. So, and the last time I did was recently, and she was like, I'm so overwhelmed. Okay. So, today on our first podcast, we're actually going to be talking about our general obsession with weight and weight loss that has been perpetuated by diet culture, which is a pretty hefty topic to start us out with. Yeah, but it's like the root of everything else that we're going to be talking about. And this conversation is just so important because in working with our clients, we've seen how they create so much suffering in their lives through over-restriction or denying themselves pleasure in life or from food, talking bad about themselves, feeling guilty. It's just there's so much stuff that is like negative and doesn't feel good. And it's all coming from this diet culture mindset that we have all adopted over the last many generations. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a quick background to see like, where did diet culture start from or where, when did dieting start? Because in general, I've known about some of the ones that started in the early 1900s with Post, Post Cereal. And Kellogg, they had come out with like these high fiber cereals that were supposed to help us with morality and eating in this very bland way. But it actually goes back so much further to back in the Greeks and the Romans, they felt that like a healthy body equaled a healthy mind. And that if you had over fatness, that you actually didn't have a healthy mind. But at the same time, their bodies' ideals were a little bit different. So they were more muscular. They did still have a little bit more body fat than what is our current, quote unquote, norm of what is ideal right now. But they still, it was, you know, not wanting to have body fatness. And it really continued on to the early Christians about gluttony and over fatness was a sin. And so really from there, just took off as that this over fatness was a morality issue and that if you carried too much body weight then you were not moral and so there were lots of diets that came out first one was like in the 1500s from this italian man he ate egg yolks and drank 14 ounces of wine a day (laughs) so can you imagine that would be a tough go i'm like what is up i can't imagine what his bowel movements were like so and it just continued on variations on what we currently see on protein and veggies skip the carbs eat more fat like there's it's already all been done multiple times since the early 1700s and it's really in the 1850s in america where diet culture and the spreading of how to eat and dieting really took off and like how bodies had to look a certain way. And it just has been a matter of like, what was the in vogue body shape of the time using corsets or not slim clothes versus not, but always that there was a level at which excess body fat was a problem. And even now, just in our lifetime, there have been different body shapes that were ideal. Right. Yeah. Cause think about Twiggy reigniting that really in the 60s that really thinness the 60s and the 90s i think we're like oh you have to be as thin as possible and then now it's like be thin but also have a butt yeah (laughs) and like i don't know there's just so many things it's like no wonder we're obsessed with our bodies and obsessed with weight it's been something that has been happening for hundreds of years 
it's not just us in this lifetime. So, and it's been perpetuating ads since before our grandparents. It's literally generational body shame trauma. Yay. <laughs> as if my own personal trauma is not enough to carry now i have the trauma of my ancestors to think about yeah so jessica can you tell me what your definition of diet culture means I just see diet culture as this overall message that has been sold to us that says if your body could just be a certain way then you will be promised feeling better physically, you will be happy. And whatever we're selling is going to be the answer to get you to where you think you should be. And, you know, obviously that's not true because if it were that easy, we would just buy one thing, get to where we want to be and then be done with it. And it does not address like our mental health at all. It doesn't think about how we actually like, what is the journey? How do we feel day to day? Dieting just like sucks all of the joy <laughs> of our life with the promise that we're going to obtain it later. Yeah, one day we'll be happy. Yeah, so it's just, it, I don't think that diet culture thinks of us as like whole people. It's just like this means to an end, but like at what cost and why? I don't know. What do you think is your kind of definition of it? Yeah, so to me, it's that drive towards constantly wanting to lose weight and to do so by restricting what you eat. And oftentimes there's usually some form of exercise for the sole purpose of losing weight. So it is those two components. So we're always going to be restricting something that we eat and exercising, even though we have no desire, we wouldn't do it for any other reason. And so diet culture to me also includes like those very subtle messages that you may not pick up on, like the headlines across magazines of do this now for a fitter body in the summer and all that jazz. All of those messages just keep promoting how Again, like you said, that we're never good enough or worthy enough or happy enough unless we look like whatever is the ideal. And right now it's like super confusing since the ideal composes of things that don't exist together. Being thin, muscular, and having luscious booties. Yeah, that's the thing about chasing a moving target, too. Yeah. You're never going to get to where you think you're supposed to be. Yeah. And it's most people's bodies don't look like what is displayed out there. There's different versions of it within each person, but it's just so frustrating because everybody has their own body type and what their bodies needs and what health looks like to them. So to me, that's diet culture. Yeah. And then this just makes me think of all the traps, which is like the trap of assuming that size equates health, which is right. Yeah. You can be larger bodied and be healthier unhealthy and you can be slim and be unhealthy or healthy. Like there's so yeah. much more in between than just the size and the shape of your body. And then the trap of like, putting off your own life until you get to this body that you think you're supposed to have. Like, oh, I'm not going to get married or have kids or buy a house or get this job or buy the dress until I get this body. And so yeah. we like are just constantly torturing ourselves for this ideal that has been sold to us that we think we're supposed to have. And that messaging is just everywhere in like you said, subtle ways or not so subtle ways. Yeah, totally. 
So then I guess like, what do we want the people to know about diet culture and how like, they're going to be like, okay, if we, we get it. We're obsessed with weight. We understand there's diet culture, but like, what if I still want to change my body? How can I change my body and not do the diet culture thing? Is that even possible? It's a thousand percent possible and is the only way forward. You can a hundred percent want to change yourself and love yourself at the same time. So how do I find pleasure in foods that nourish me? How do I move my body in a way that I enjoy? Do I like to run? You might not. Do you like to roller skate? You might love it. <laughs> so yeah, the hamster roller skate, right? Yeah. And I have more than one client right now that does some version of pole as their movement. And I'm like, yes, I'm super jealous. They do not have any upper body strength to do such a thing. But I'm so excited for them because they're just, they are choosing movement that is going to bring them joy rather than doing something that they don't enjoy. So yeah, that's my take on it. It is literally the only way forward is to love yourself and you can create change, but only through doing what you desire to do. Why do you think it's so hard for people to understand that? Like, I see that it creates a lot of fear for most clients when we have that conversation in the beginning, which is that like, hey, you deserve happiness now. Like we need to embody everything about what you think you're going to have in the future now so that you can change your body and like take the actions that are nourishing to you. Like, why is that so hard for us to get? Well, that's a tough question. I think the main reason why is that people feel like if they accept themselves the way they are now, then they wouldn't actually change and they don't believe that you can love yourself at any size. Yeah. So they feel like I'm just giving up. Yeah, I 100% agree with that answer. It's like, oh, acceptance is giving up, but that's not true. I also think acceptance is hard for some people because you don't want to see what you're doing now a lot of times. Like you have to accept where you're at, which means all of it, right? Right. Instead, we just want to jump into like, oh, no, I do all these great things for myself all the time. But that's not me. I don't eat McDonald's three times a day or whatever it is. Right. No. And it's like you have to see your whole self first and learn how to see your own truth before you can move forward. And I think that's like really hard to do. Nobody wants to admit it. Yeah, it's really hard to look at those things because those are the habits that they put aside temporarily when they are on a diet. Right. And so they muster up enough willpower to shove down that they might emotional eat, whether from stress or sadness or something along those lines, or they might not be honest about the fact that they might actually skip meals and undernourish themselves. And then when they're under stress, and so then they end up binging because then they when they relax and they finally get the hunger cues. And so then that cycle of restricting and feeding under various emotional states are hard to look at because there are a lot of emotions behind why we eat or don't eat. Yes. Diet culture has really demonized hunger. Like, oh, yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that's like, 
take this pill to reduce your hunger as if hunger were a negative thing. Right. Or like we need to be constantly eating less in order to be smaller. But it's like, it's not even true. Like if you look at like Olympic athletes, like they have to eat like a lot of food. Yeah. Energy to maintain like the muscle mass that they have in the body that they have. So it's like, no wonder people are frustrated and look yeah. the quote unquote answer. Like what is the right answer? Right. And just as a kind of preface for what will come in future episodes is that we will talk about, there are some underlying reasons why somebody might hold on to more body fat than is their natural weight, right? So even if they are eating the things to fully nourish them and moving that, their, their body in a way that's joyful to them and their lab, but their labs are still showing something that is off or they're, they feel inflamed, there are other reasons. There's toxicity, environmental toxicity from our food and all sorts of things. I won't get into it. So there are some reasons why sometimes our body will hold on to more weight than it would otherwise under the same circumstances. Yeah, there's a lot of different reasons why. Those are also definitely ignored with diet culture. They're like, Correct, yeah. Don't, if you just eat less, like yeah, wonder what else is going on up their body. Yeah, uh, but meanwhile, someone might be having like chronic IBS and just all this other stuff is going on. All the things, yeah, that's like not even addressed. So yeah, yeah we're definitely going to be opening up a lot more in this conversation. But we wanted to talk about a little bit about diet culture because we could talk about this all day long. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely something that will weave its way into the future episodes, but really wanted to just get our initial viewpoints out so we have a good starting place for what's to come. Yeah, because it's the actions that you take. And I think you said this, the only way through, the only way to make change is to love yourself first or to at least accept yourself. And then make the changes because taking action from a place of shame and guilt and self-loathe, that's not going to create what you want. It never works. When you hate yourself, it can only be so motivating. And I think people like think it's motivating. There's a lot of like weight loss memes and diet memes that are like very self-loathing or self-deprecating. It's like quote unquote funny. I still laugh at them because I'm like, oh, that's like this old mindset and it's funny. But then I'm like, oh, but this is also so wrong. Just perpetuating the same mindset that like we have to hate ourselves to get to a new place. And it's just so not true. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to this first beautiful podcast that we're putting out into the world? Yes and no. Obviously I could, but I feel like we've really done a great job of explaining where we're at right now and we'll just keep continuing this conversation so if this topic resonated with you if you enjoyed this short chat with beth and i definitely follow our podcast dm us on instagram at path underscore nutrition we will be back next week with a new episode goodbye everyone